As Kevin just mentioned, we're going to be talking about the term bishops this morning. So we've looked at the term elder and we've looked at the term shepherd. We've parsed these, we've separated them out, but really they overlap, they integrate together. It's not, they're not different men, they're the same man with these different aspects. It's like, it's like looking at a diamond under a microscope. You, you see the same diamond, but you see different facets of the, mic, of, the, of, the, uh, of the diamond as you view it there. And so we're looking at the same man or men, but we see the different facets of, of them. For example, when we see the term elder, we're thinking about the quality of the man. Old has a context to it, uh, always does. You, you think about a gymnast, if a gymnast is... 20 years old, they're old in the gymnast world. And you think about the idea of someone of age, you're thinking about the quality that comes with that age. You're thinking about the wisdom, the maturity, the judgment that is represented by that person who, who has some age and experience on them in spiritual matters represents spiritual maturity. The term old also is an idiom that we use. And so old always has a context and always and can be used as an idiom. Don't hear the slang term much anymore to, for someone, to, for a child to say, that's my old man. Well, that doesn't mean old as in numbers. That means that's my father, that's someone older than me. Or the slang term for a husband to say, that's my old lady. Well, that doesn't reference her age. It's talking about the fact they have a relationship as husband and wife together. And so you look at the term shepherd, and the term shepherd looks at that someone then who is involved in a very intimate way with the flock. We're looking at now a responsibility, a responsibility that he has. Here you have this individual that obviously has some age to him, or you wouldn't have those aspects that go with maturity, but you have the spiritual maturity, but now you have that maturity that now shepherds, that leads someone. And we looked at that last, last, last week in both lessons, as Kevin mentioned. So this morning we're going to look at the term bishop. And really the term bishop talks about the quality of the work being done. While elder looks at the quality of the man, the idea of bishop looks at the quality of the work being done. And there are several different ways that the word is described, but they all wind up being synonyms together to say the same thing. Another thing is, just as in the term elder and the term shepherd, that they're not necessarily biblical terms. They were used in non-biblical atmospheres, non-biblical language. For example, among the Greeks. Among the Greeks, the idea of bishop was often used. It had to do with someone that, that was a protector, someone that would fight for you. Here you would have the Grecian god, and they had gods over every aspect of their society. You go to Athens, and you have Paul that speaks to the unknown god. Well, the, what the Grecians would do when they would go conquering is they'd bring back all the gods of the people they have conquered, and just in case they missed one so they wouldn't anger the gods, they created a statue and inscribed to the unknown god. Well, these gods they would, they would capture in the Grecian world is they would have gods over every aspect of their society, and these gods were some, those who were seen as protectors, those who would, who would watch over them, those who would fight for them. Or the idea sometimes is to scout. The idea to scout 
is to see the weaknesses or the frailties, or sometimes to see the health of someone. For example, you don't have the word bishop mentioned here, but it's the idea when you have the 12 spies that go into the land, they've gone in to scout the land. They've gone in to view the land. They've gone in to look at the land. That's the idea in non-biblical language. And so here we have this God that would, would fight for those who are under its supervision, its oversight. And this God would be a protector for them. And this God would be a scout for them to scout out where the weaknesses were. So you have the term that is used in, in non-biblical language that way. When you come to biblical language, for example, you have in James chapter 1 and verse 27, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. That word visit is, is our word. We don't see it there, but that's our word. The word visit is the idea of, of not only visit to see how you're doing. It's not okay, I'm going to visit you and, and you have a sink full of dishes and a laundry basket full of clothes that need to be washed. And I come and see how you're doing and say, well, if you need anything, let me know. That's not it. The idea of visit is to bring into close inspection. It's the idea of looking with a view to bringing into close inspection. In fact, the word, the word bishop comes from a Greek word that is a compound word, which means overscope. Overscope. Now, did you get that word? Scope? Overscope? When you think of a scope, what do you think of? Here you have, have this, uh, this McDonald's observatory out in West Texas in the Fort Davis Mountains. Here you have this humongous telescope out there. And it can reach far into the skies to bring the stars in close. You have the scope. Or you're sitting up in the nosebleed section at the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T. And it's not just enough to have that blinding screen in front of you there where you can count the nose hair on everybody. You have your binoculars. And your, your binoculars you look and you bring into close vision. That's the idea. Idea of visit to bring into close vision. So you have the idea of, of to watch or to bring into close vision. And the idea of that is to protect or to care. The idea is to be an onlooker. That's the idea of a bishop. To see better, to look closely with a view to inspecting, to find what the need is, which has to do with the idea of scout that we would see. Others define this as look after, oversee, or care for. You have synonyms that are used there. When we think of God, God is looking after us as a gracious, benevolent caregiver. So you see, God, when God heard the affliction, heard the cry of the Israelites, the idea of heard the cry of the Israelites, here you have this gracious, protecting, benevolent God who's going to provide for what the need is of those Israelites. So when you think of the idea of bishop, you think of someone who is a watcher. You think of someone who brings people into close view. You think of someone who, who watches not just to oversee, but to superintend. So you have a superintendent of the school. Now, superintendent may suggest a little administrative, so we'll put a pause there, and I'll come to that in just a moment. But the idea of a superintendent is the superintendent is the care, caregiver and caretaker of all the school system. When we have this thread of ice that comes into our, our area. The one that makes the call is the superintendent. It's not the guy at the bus barn. 
The guy at the bus bar may be telling the superintendent, the road's icy, but the superintendent's the one that makes the call. But what calls why? Because he has the responsibility to protect, to protect all who are under his bishopric, under his oversight with regard to caring and protecting for these school children and teachers and all personnel. So you think of God, you think about a gracious, benevolent caregiver. So you think about the word watcher, you think about the word caregiver. And that's the idea that comes from the word bishop. To bring into close inspection, to look over and to see one in that relationship. So when you think about that, you think about here is someone who is graciously looking down with a view to providing what the needs are, or to inspect or to scout to see what can be supplied. That's the word bishop. So you have bishops who are graciously looking over, caring for, benevolently, bringing into close inspection the needs of those who are under their oversight. Now what you don't find in any of that, non-biblical or from any of the definitions I just quoted from various biblical, various, uh, various sources, there's kittle, vines, whatever you want to look at from any of those sources. What you don't find in any of that is you don't find a boss. You don't find a boss cracking a whip. None of that did I describe to you. Does that suggest anything that has to do with elders or the bosses and they're the ones that crack the whip and if you're not in line, then they're going to crack the whip over you. That's nothing that's there. In fact, if you think about a benevolent caregiver, that, that defies the idea of someone who's going to crack the whip. Far too many circumstances. Far too many circumstances with regard to elders. Is they have become watchers over the color of the carpet. Whether the air conditioning is, needs, needs to be fixed or not. The parking lot needs to be reconcreted or paved. And how much money there's in the bank. And that's the extent of their oversight. You didn't find any of that involved in that. You didn't find anything that suggested anything that is administrative that might go with the idea of a superintendent to administrate things. Now, I'm not suggesting that there are not decisions to be made. Because you have to decide who you're going to oversee. You're going to have to decide who you're going to scout. If you're a shepherd, you have to decide which green pastures you're going to take them to. If you're a shepherd, you have to decide... Where are the still waters? If you're a shepherd, you have to decide, am I going to leave them through the valley of the shadow of death or not? There are decisions to be made. But it is not that shepherds, bishops, or elders are CEOs of the congregation, and they're the ones that administrate, legislate, legislate what people are to say and do. You don't find contained in the idea of bishop, the idea of legislation, at all, with an emphasis on at all. And when bishops are reduced to not the lowest common denominator, but no denominator of simply being business managers, they're not doing their work. They're not doing the work of watching. The Bible talks about doing the work of watching. That's not getting out your binoculars or bringing them into close view. Now, if you just pause and think about the gravity of this just a moment. To be an onlooker. To be a watcher. To be a protector. To fight for. To scout. To be a gracious, benevolent caregiver. 
over a flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The flock among you. Just pause for a moment. And number one, think about the load of that work. And number two, think about the gravity of that work. Because if there's one lamb in the flock that you fail to watch for, and the wolf comes in and devours that lamb because shepherds did not oversee watch for the flock, the lamb is lost, and the shepherd will be accountable for his lack of oversight, his lack of watching. You see the gravity of that? So it's not someone who's simply administrator to have their name on the letterhead or sign the checks. Okay, I can sign the checks, and I can put my name on the letterhead. And so what we do is we have our names on our letterhead. No, we don't need a letterhead. We don't need names on the letterhead. We don't even need to sign checks. We go to the guys that can sign checks. We need men who can watch, who can watch for our souls. Men who can be there as benevolent caregivers when the benevolent caregiving is needed. Men who can be there as onlookers. Men who will be there to protect us and fight for us and even when need be, scout us out to find out what our need or what our problem is. That's what we need when we look at bishops. Now, I'm going to say this at the end, but I'm going to pause here because it fits. It ought to be that you have a flock of God's people that are going to that are going to choose a bishop. That they would choose a man or men not to be bishops, but men who are already doing the work of a bishop. You don't ask a man to be an overseer to begin to oversee. You don't ask a man to be a watcher to begin watching. You don't ask a man to begin protecting, who, to, to begin protecting who's not protecting. You ask a man who you already know is protecting. In fact, here's someone that says, I want to be an elder. I want, I want to be a bishop. Wait a minute. Run from that guy. Run from him. That's not the guy you want. No. But here's one who doesn't say, I want to do it, but says, I'm going to do the work. And he's already doing the work. He's not appointed to the work. He's already doing the work. That's significant for us. That's significant. Let's look at some passages now. As I've walked through that definition, let's look at some passages now that work through this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to see this with regard to the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2 verses 24 and 25. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That, having, that we having died to sins and might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep gone astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd. Notice. And overseer of your souls. Do you see the two terms put together? The shepherd and overseer. Here it's a description of the Lord. He's the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. 
Look at Acts chapter 20 now. Acts chapter 20. Perhaps the most popular verse when we talk about bishops or overseers is this passage. But in Acts chapter 20 and verse 17. Acts chapter 20 verse 17. He says, and he sent, and he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. That's who we're talking about. But now look at verse 28. He says, therefore, take heed to yourself to the elders of the church. Take heed to yourself and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Then you see all three terms applying in the same context of the elders at Ephesus. The elders, and here you have the shepherds who oversee. Shepherds who oversee. Doesn't that fit? Here you've got a shepherd who's watching over his flock. Here you have the shepherd that will protect from the wolves that come in. He's not a howling. A howling runs. A howling's not interested in watching. He's not getting paid enough. He's not, he, he doesn't have skin in the game. But here you have the shepherds who, who are watching, who protect the flock, even scouting out what the needs of the sheep are. He'll fight for the lamb. That's a shepherd overseeing. Here you have the, the men who have wisdom and experience and judgment. And a part of that has to do with how they lead people and how they watch over people. That's what you have in Acts chapter 20. Look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 20. Acts chapter 1 and verse 20. An interesting use of the word here. For it's written in the book of Psalms that his dwelling place be desolate, speaking of Judas, and let no one live in it. And let no one take his office. Put a peg there. We'll come back to that in just a moment. I want to tie something in. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3 now. 1 Timothy chapter 3. The old King James would say this. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the office of the bishop, he desires a good work. The new King James says this. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Neither the word office or position there are the words that, that are what Paul is talking about. Acts chapter 1 and verse 20. Let another take his office. Speaking of someone who's going to, to stand where Judas stood. It's not okay you have an official office of apostles. And they have their name on a door somewhere. Apostles. Let another man take his work. Let another man take his place among the apostles and take his work. That's what they're wanting. They're not wanting to the office holder. Let another man take his work. And so you come to 1 Timothy 3. If a man desires, and here's the word bishopric. Acts chapter 20 is the word bishopric. If any man desires let, let, another man let another man take his bishopric. Let another man take his work. Here you have, his, if, a, if anyone desires the bishopric, if one desires to do this work of a bishop, that's what it is. Maybe you don't think this way, but I know in the past, conversations have been held, not just here, other places that I've had with people. Well, if he doesn't desire an office, if he doesn't desire the office, then, then he, can't be, he can't be a bishop, he can't be an elder. Well, it's not an office he's desiring. 
He's not looking for the corner office here. And it's not even the fact that, that he's running a political contest to be, the, to be the bishop. But what he's saying is, if here is a man who recognizes his responsibility before God and is willing to fulfill his responsibility to God, it may not be what he would choose to do, but what God calls him to do to be an overseer of God's work, he's willing to do that. The best illustration I have of that is this. Back in 1994... When Daryl and Joe were appointed elders for a second time, we were in a men's business meeting, maybe 150 men there, and talking about, okay, now years passed, what, how are we going to have elders? And we all knew who it was going to be. It was going to be Joe and Daryl. And someone asked Daryl, said, Daryl, are you willing to do this? Daryl said, are you asking me, do I want to do it? Are you asking me to do what God is expecting me to do? If you're asking me if I want to do it, no, I don't want to do it. But if you're asking me to do what God is expecting me to do, yes, I'll do that because I want to please God. I want to do the work God is calling me to do to be an overseer. And that was Joe's sentiment as well. It's not something, okay, we're going to impose this on you. Okay, your name came up a dozen times here, and we're going to impose this on you. Get in line now. We're going to rubber stamp you. Here, you're notarized. No. It's, are you willing to do the work of oversight? That's the point. Please rid your mind of the idea a man is going to hold an office. Listen, it's not an office. It's a work. It's a bishopric. It's a work that is intense and requires a lot of self-sacrifice to do. So if any man desires that, here's a man that's going to take the bishopric, the work of being an apostle that Judas had. It's the same expression here in 1 Timothy 3. Here's a man that's going to take the work. That's the idea. Look again at a couple of other passages. Look at Luke chapter 19. Look at Luke chapter 19. Look at Luke chapter 19, this time verse 44. Backing up to verse 43 to get the sentence. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an, embark, an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side, and level you and your children with you, within you, and level your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. There's our word. Here the destruction of Jerusalem is coming. And he said, you did not know the time in which the watcher was going to watch and judge. That's the idea. And look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 12. It should be Hebrews chapter 12. My bad. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Here you go. <coughs> Pardon me. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now, Hebrews 12 is not talking about elders. But you have the word for bishop here. 
looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. What do bishops do? They look carefully. They look carefully lest anyone should, should, fall, should fall short of the grace of God. And so here you see the word you. Now turn back to Acts chapter 20 in just a moment. I want to talk about one more thing here. Acts chapter 20. Because I've used the word calling a couple of times here. I want to talk about that in just a moment. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which holy, amidst, uh, amidst which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. How does the Holy Spirit do that? How does the Holy Spirit make you overseers? Does the Holy Spirit just reach down and ta I tag you, I don't tag you, I tag you, I don't tag you? No. It's used by metonymy. The Holy Spirit makes you overseers by the revealing of his message of what kind of men God wants an overseer to be. And when that kind of man fits that kind of description to do that kind of work, that's the Holy Spirit making him an overseer. The Holy Spirit makes a man an overseer when the man who's going to be an overseer is made by the Holy Spirit. And he's made by the Holy Spirit because the revelation and the spirit of the Holy Spirit indwells that man. It is his heartbeat. It is his pulse. It is his very being. He's watching because the Holy Spirit has made him that way and the Holy Spirit made him that way because the Holy Spirit message just completely imbues him. It, oh, it, it, it dwells within him richly. It is the dominant factor in his life. And so he oversees not because... He wants people to say, oh, he's an overseer. He oversees because the Holy Spirit has made him an overseer. And the Holy Spirit made him an overseer by putting his spirit in him, by the revelation that has been given about how a man functions and in this work. So when I say called to be that, that's what I mean. Here's a man called to be that. How did the Holy Spirit do that? He called by putting the message in a man's heart, and that message in the man's heart resonated, and that message in that man's heart has produced this kind of man with this kind of character quality and this kind of work, and he's doing that because the Holy Spirit has enabled him to do that with regard to what he has planted in his heart. So what you're looking for when you look for a man's a bishop is you look for an individual who is so filled with the Word of God and so filled with the Spirit of God because the Word of God is in him that he's a watcher. He's not a watcher because his name is on the assignment list for February to be a greeter in the foyer and open the doors for people. He's a watcher because the Holy Spirit has made him a watcher. He's made him that kind of man. That's not arbitrary. That's not arbitrary. That's going to take some time to work. That's going to take some age to develop in that man to have to do that. You might appoint a 27-year-old, as we looked when we looked at the term elders, among some groups, 27 to, to, to 60 were, were looked at elders. You might have a 27-year-old proficient in, in financial work. But you're not going to have a 27-year-old proficient in this. It's going to take some time for that, that individual to have that word resonate in his heart and produce this kind of watcher. Age is a consideration, but it is not the primary consideration when you look at the quality of the man. But it's going to take some time, some years under his belt to do that. 
and some years under his belt to demonstrate this. To be that kind of man, to be the kind of man the Holy Spirit has made him to be. That's what you're looking for. Now, for the second time, I say this. What you don't find in any of that is you don't find a boss. You'll find elders being behind closed door with the name elder embossed on, in gold on the door. And here's the Holy of Holies. You come to the Holy of Holies now. Or you come to the principal's office. And now you're in the principal's office. And the principal's going to crack the whip on you because you haven't been towing the line. But can I pause just a moment? You know what frustration the six of us have? That's how we're viewed. But well, elders want to talk to you. You must be in trouble. No, maybe they should have been watching you. Maybe they see you have a need. They're not interested in spanking you. They're not interested in sticking your nose in time out. Now, is there a time to rebuke? Yes. Is there a time to be rebuked? Yes. But that's not being boss. That's someone who has a benev that's a benevolent caregiver. If we are benevolent watchers of souls, we're not men who simply sit behind a closed door and say, call them in. It's their turn to get their whipping today. It's their turn to sit in time out. They misbehaved. They didn't, they didn't do this right. No. If we're going to be watching and there's a problem with you, we're not going to be calling you in. We're going to be coming to see you. Calling you in is the easiest thing we can do. That, that, that's a no-brainer. That takes no effort whatsoever. Come see us in our office. No. That takes no effort at all. It takes effort for a shepherd to go to the sheep because he's watching. And he goes to the sheep because the sheep have problems. And he goes to the sheep because he is looking and watching after. He wants to protect them. And he goes to the sheep to touch the sheep. And if need be to take that lamb, those sheep, and pick them up in his arms, literally or metaphorically. I'm going to have a hard time picking some of you up. But I can sure hug you real tight. And I can sure hold you real close. And why do you do that? Because you genuinely, genuinely care. And you watch for people. Shepherds, elders, and bishops are not drill sergeants. They have been asked by a church to watch over souls. And I'm afraid sometimes that's lost. And they give an account to those of whom they oversee, but greater is they give an account to the chief shepherd. And if they abuse their bishopric, and begin not to watch for the sheep, but to watch out for their hungry belly and eat the sheep and sell the sheep and slaughter the sheep, there will be a grave penalty to pay. And if they fail to perform their responsibility just by sheer neglect, and the sheep wander off as though there's no shepherd, then there will be an accounting to the chief shepherd. Is it an honor? Yes. 
it's not an honor either. Is it nice to be seen by a church of people, by a group of people called a local congregation, a flock of God's people, to be recognized as someone doing this work? Yeah, that, that, that's, that, yes, that's there. But you don't do it to get the honor. Do we appreciate the prayers? Absolutely. Please pray for us. Please pray for us. You do it so, so magnificently. But it's not being a bishop so you can pray for us. It's not, oh, I'm so honored. Please honor me some more. No. When you are with the sheep, you get the manure of the sheep on you. It's stinky business sometimes. It's stinky business to watch, and you have to separate the wool to find out where the scabs are. It's stinky business sometimes to take a snotty nose of a lamb and wipe it off. It's stinky business sometimes to see a lamb in danger, you have to jerk it back to protect his life. But here's the reward. You have taken the people God have entrusted to you and you have brought them before his throne safe and sound without spot and without blemish. And the greater reward is the chief shepherd said, thank you for watching my sheep. That's the idea of a bishop, folks. Now, I'll just ask you, as I've done every time, do we have men who are watchers, who are onlookers? Do we have those men? Then that's the man or men you want. Help watch your souls. You've listened so well. Thank you so much. We'll have a prayer and a song and be dismissed our classes. Thank you. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can. But thank you for connecting with us.